Welcome to our podcast, Regulation Matters, a clear conversation. I'm your host, Lyon Dempsey. I'm currently the Chief Compliance Officer with Rickabenny Associates Family Dentistry here in North Carolina. I'm on the CLEAR Board of Directors as well as the current chair of the National Certified Investigator Training Committee with CLEAR. As many of you probably already know, uh, the Council on Licensure Enforcement and Regulation, or CLEAR, um, it is an association of individuals, agencies, and organizations that comprise the international community of professional and occupational regulation. Our podcast is a chance for you to hear about the latest and greatest that's going on in our community. And today I'm joined with uh, Marshall Smith. He's the Executive Director um, of the Interstate Medical Licensure Compact Commission, or it's the IMLCC. Um, we're very glad to have you with us today, Marshall. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome, and, and thank you for this opportunity to talk about the compact. Absolutely. And also, thank you to our listeners for, for joining us for another episode. Um, so, Marshall, what we'd like to talk about today is, is where did the idea of creating a physician compact state um, you know, start, you know, I guess how was it formed and, you know, what does it do? We've got lots of questions, but I guess let's start with the question of, you know, just what is the IMLCC? Right. So the Interstate Medical Licensure Compact Commission um, is an organization that's formed by states that join the compact um, and that that action by the state and their governor then then makes the compact. The compact then joins that state's um, governmental process. The formal um, identification or um, legal definition of what the compact is is that it is a governmental instrumentality with rulemaking authority. Um, so we're not a nonprofit. We're not a for-profit. We're not a state government. We are um, kind of one of those um, entities that performs a governmental function um, that uh, states that must agree to participate in order to um, be a part of the the compact and use its benefits. So there, the other part to it is the idea of compacts is a very um, very old concept in the United States. Um, and it's something that happens um, all the time. There are, there are all kinds of compacts out there that, that some of them um, you may not even be aware of that, that occur and that you take part in. Um, for example, the, one of the most common ones is if, you're, if you take a trip to another state and you go to the rental car counter um, you're allowed to get a uh, rent a car and drive in that state, and, uh, making sure that you comply with those states' um, you know requirements to operate the motor vehicle. But you don't have to get a license in that state to operate a motor vehicle. There's a compact that uh, that rec that the states will recognize other um, states' drivers' license. So that's kind of where. Um, the idea of, of using this, this old concept and this old principle of allowing multiple states to benefit from um, a compact that will allow their physicians and citizens of their states to benefit. So the concept behind the, the physician compact um, came about um, through discussions with the Federation of State Medical Boards 
at, at a meeting with their House of Delegates. And then it started, the discussion started in 2013. And, and basically it was, the discussion was about whether states could come up with a common set of principles that would allow them to accept the actions of another state to license a physician. And, and if those actions were sufficient, then they would then issue a license to the physician um, in their state. Um, and so that's kind of kind of where the concept came from. Um, there were a lot of discussions, legislation was introduced, and in April of 2015, the compact became a legal organization. Um, we're a bit different than other health profession compacts. There's a nursing compact that, that covers, um, that allows nurses to practice in multiple states. There's an EMT, there's a, um, there's this, uh, an audiologist. There are a whole bunch of these um, compact for healthcare providers that are that are that are coming about across the country. What makes the the physician compact a little bit different is that most other compacts are generally categorized as a, um, a authority to practice. So you, once if you're licensed in one state, you then have the authority practice in the other state without getting a license in that state. The physician compact is set up so that a physician who is licensed in one of the compact states then obtains licenses in those other states. And that's where what we've done is, is really, it's a, a very federalist concept of creating a, a nationwide um, benefit, but leaving the control at, in the hands of the states. Um, as they control and regulate the practice of medicine, but they've created an alternative um, licensing process. So the, co the concept um, was approved by the required states to make the, co the compact a legal organization. That happened in April of 2015. Between April of 2015 and April of 2017, the structure behind the organization was put together and we actually received our first application and processed our first license. And, and that was in 2017 when you guys started processing applications? That's correct. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So who governs uh, and controls this compact? Yeah, so the compact is established um, by the, the passage of a bill in a state and signed into law by the governor. So the the compact statute becomes a part of that state's statute. And then each state then appoints two commissioners. Um, and the commissioners then, which is obviously our title is the compact commission. Um, the commissioners are the governing body and each state, as I said, has two representatives from their state. The decisions made by the, by the compact have to be uh, approved by the commissioners Rulemaking can only be done um, with a majority vote of the commissioners. Um, so they have a lot of, of authority. They establish policy, they establish, um, they hire an executive director they, to run the day-to-day -day operations. The commission um, is responsible for ensuring that its laws and rules are complied with and followed. Um, and they establish the direction of the organization. There is also an executive committee that has been established um, with elected officers. There's the chair and a vice chair and a treasurer. 
Um, the executive director serves as our uh, secretary. And then the heads, the chairs of all of our standing committees form the executive committee. The executive committee acts on behalf of the commission when it's not in session. And the only power that's not granted to the executive committee is the, the power to um, do rulemaking and issue rules. So it, it seems like it would make sense that obviously a compact, if, you, if you've got multiple states involved, that this would obviously speed up the licensing process since it's still happening within uh, that particular state's um, you know, licensing agency. Um, I guess what other things I guess does does the compact do to kind of you know help in in that process? Right. So so what the compact um, the basic operations of and and where we're allowed to do an expedited process um, and it allow it the best example uh, that we use to explain kind of explain what we do is that um, if you go to the airport and you you want to get on the, to board a plane you have to go through a screening process where you have to put all of your stuff on a, a, a belt it goes through an x-ray machine um, you go through uh, a scanner that makes sure that you're not uh, that you're able to prep travel um, and be allowed to to board the plane but there are two ways to get there you can do the regular way where you you you're not a known traveler and you go through the process and you get to the x-ray machine or you can go through one of the known traveler processes the tsa pre or or any of the other commercial options to do that in a sense what the compact is is it's it's a complementary licensing process very much uh, like the known traveler process so it's it's a known physician process that allows the the application process to be expedited so in order to qualify to do the to use the compacts process a physician has to be licensed and have practiced in a member state so that so we've got a known physician who has an, an established history with a, a state that's a part of the compact that means that that state has already vetted that physician's license application they they pulled the primary source documents regarding their uh, medical school, their uh, their medical education, um, that they've they've um, passed a qualifying exam, and that they they meet the the static criteria um, established for a physician to get licensed. In all of the states, there are nine criteria that a physician has to meet in order to be able to use the compact process. That state where they're already licensed, we call it a state of principal license or an SPL, has already has that information and then acts as the key that allows that unlocks the licensure process in other states. So a physician fills out an application indicating that they want to be a part of the compact. They the state of principal license receives that application they verify all of the information on that application. They then um, uh, also do a criminal background check. They do a check against the, the, the physician's um, physician uh, disciplinary database that's out there. They check the DEA resources to make sure there are no actions. So 
the physician is is verified and vetted and ensured that they are um, meet our qualifications then the state of principal license issues what's called a letter of qualification the letter of qualification is an indicator to all of the other member states that the physician's application has been vetted that it has been verified to be true and, and correct and that the physician does not have any actions against their license and they have a clean criminal background check um, once that is is done the physician then goes into um, back into their application they select anywhere from one to 30 um, other states uh, states that they want to get their licenses from and that single application has then allowed them to get licensed in the multiple states those other states once they receive the letter of qualification and the application then issue a license to the physician without doing all of their normal or regular traditional um, licensing reviews so you know obviously since you guys have started taking applications back in 2017 I'm sure you've had some opportunities to, um, I guess, see what has worked and what hasn't worked. Um, can you give us some examples of maybe some lessons that you've learned through this and, and maybe some of your achievements? Yeah, thank you. Um, so one of the things that um, really we believe we've hit on a very important need for the physician community. Um, as I said, we started in 2017. Um, that first year of our operations, we received about 1,500 applications, and there were about 2,000, about 2,250 licenses that were issued um, using those applications. Our next year of operations, it, it almost doubled. Um, we processed 2,700 applications, and there were almost 4,000 licenses issued um, during that second year. This is our third year that we just completed. Um, and in, that, in our third year, we did 4,400 applications, and there were almost um, 4,600 licenses issued. So we've, there have been a total of um, 10,000, almost 11,000 licenses that have been obtained by physicians um, using our, our compact process. One of the other parts that we're, we're um, quite proud of is that the physicians that we issue our licenses to, that, that have, those 10,000 licenses that have been issued, um, there haven't been any disciplinary actions taken against these physicians. So it's a, it's a high bar um, standard to get in and then those physicians maintain that high bar standard and have been able to practice. One of the other accomplishments that we've been able to do is we have a process in place that would allow us in case of a physician who um, does uh, start to run into problems or issues with their practice of medicine we have a mechanism that allows the states to participate in a joint investigation or in a joint um, process that would allow those states to share confidential information um, and, and conduct an investigation with other states um, it's something that currently does not happen now as each state is kind of siloed and, and it's not allowed to, to share or provide information about their confidential investigation. So we've, we've created a process that protects patients by allowing um, multiple states to um, 
participate in a joint investigation if that physician is licensed in that those um, states. Some of the other things, um, you know, we we put together a web-based process, and that really has um, helped us, especially during this COVID situation, where um, although we were not established to address those those issues and getting licenses for states that needed physicians because of of the COVID crisis, we our natural process, the way that it was established, allowed us to step in and and to make um, make that opportunity happen. We saw an increase in our volume. We were we were doing about 300, 350, 375 applications a month. Um, when the COVID situation happened, pandemic, um, we we saw an increase in our application volume, and we've been processing about 450 or about 100 more applications a month, and we did. Um, able to provide a rapid method for physicians to um, obtain licenses in multiple states. So we were able to step up and use our current process to help that. And being web-based, I think, certainly was um, we benefited from that ability because there was no requirements for face-to-face um, -face or, or contact um, to occur during that time. We um, some of the other things is that that we've been successful at doing um, is we've created a mechanism that that complements the state's licensing process. Most of our states report to us that um, they they see an increase in um, physician licensing um, by about five to ten percent. So it's it's certainly a significant part of a state's licensing. Um, process, but it isn't, isn't the majority of the licenses that physicians are obtain. They still are using the traditional method to get licenses. The other part um, that we're quite proud of is that we very much um, maintained the ability of our member states to be able to control the practice of medicine in their state. Um, it's one of those things that's, that's um, actually in our constitution that it's a right, the, the regulation of health and um, healthcare is, is a power that's delegated to the states and our states do very well at um, establishing how the citizens of their state um, should be, should receive healthcare and, and how that healthcare should be delivered to them. And so our methodology lets the physician gets the license and then turns the power over or, to the state to ensure that the physician is providing the healthcare they need for those states. Um, one of the things that we've also noticed is that, um, and we're, we're working to figure out, um, so we have anecdotal information, we don't have hard data, and we're, we're now trying to get at that, that data. But um, the ability of physicians to use the compact to get licensed in multiple states has helped um, the telemedicine process. So physicians can, um, if they've got a the patient in a state that they're not currently licensed in, um, and they they need to get licensed there, and that state is a part of the compact, they can use the compact process to get licensed quickly, and then be able to treat those patients. We've seen, um, uh, you know, so oftentimes uh, people are not living. Close, the, the closest population center 
um, to where they live is not necessarily in their state, but it's, but it's in a neighboring state. And this, you, the compact process has allowed those physicians in the closest population center to get licensed in those states. So they're able to serve um, rural and underserved areas because it's closer to, they're closer to their patients by being in a population center in a neighboring state than the, the population centers in that state. Um, and we've also heard reports of rural and um, underserved community um, communities and their hospitals being able to expand their hours and extend their ability to um, provide care to patients because they can use um, remote um, access um, physicians and um, uh, ability create abilities that they couldn't find normally um, in their community, such as you know radiologists and those sorts of things. And so I, I think there's a lot of benefits that have happened um, because of the compact, things that we had planned on and, and very unintended consequences. And, and I think that's um, really a benefit to what we do. Um, every year, the compact does a, a data study. So we take a specific um, set of completed applications, and then we look at those applications to try to determine some trends and some um, ways that we can improve our processes. And we're quite proud of the fact that even though we've increased our volume um, very significantly over the years, we've kept our processing times about the same. So it takes a physician, our average processing time um, from application being filled out to all licenses requested, it takes about 45 days. 30 to 35 of those days are taken up by the physician um, working with their state of principal license to verify all of the information on the application, do the criminal background check and provide all of that information and data to the state so that they can issue that letter of qualification. But on average, it takes about seven days once that letter of qualification has been issued to get the licenses that uh, the physician wants. And then that letter of qualification is good for 365 days. So if at another point the physician wants to add another state or multiple states to where they're licensed, they can very quickly access that letter of qualification and get that the state. And that, that secondary or additional licensing process takes about seven days on average. So we've got a we've we've we're very proud of the fact that we've created a process that that is expedited, um, that allows physicians flexibility in um, obtaining multiple licenses in multiple states but is also safe and it's also secure and it also ensures that patients are receiving um, excellent care because it's, it's keeping a state's medical practice act in, intact and allowing the state to do one of the things that it does very well, which is, which is regulate the practice of medicine in their state. One yeah, the that definitely does sound very fast. Um, uh, you know, obviously I think, you know, one of the next things that, that you guys, I'm sure, are, are looking at or are working towards is, is you know, getting expansion to all 50 states, um, you know, um, but, you know, kind of what is next on you guys' agenda? Yeah, so that that is a very important thing that the compact um, expand 
to all 50 states. I think it, I think we would see a benefit from that um, and, and all of our territories. Currently, we have 31 member states. Um, there are 29 states, the District of Columbia and the Territory of Guam. Um, and there's there was active legislation in six um, six states um, when the COVID uh, pandemic hit that kind of derailed them. Most of them intend to reintroduce the language um, in, in the 2021 legislative session. Um, we're working with a couple of our territories to um, so that there are four. U.S. has four territories, and we're, we were, we would hopefully be able to add all of all four of those. Uh, the process too and but that's that's kind of our next that's one of our uh, next big steps is is to keep expanding keep providing this opportunity to states um keep showing them the benefits of of joining the compact the other thing that we're working on is coming up with um i think there's a there's a saying or there's an understanding in the it world of you know, whatever you have right now is only as good as right now, and you always need to be um, finding a newer and better and more effective way of using the technologies to uh, create a, an increased or a better um, process. And we're working on that too. We're, we're, every year we put together, we have a technology committee, that technology committee looks at what we, we currently have, looks at the, um, technologies that are available to us out there and um, starts moving our um, we, we have a plan and then we we implement improvements the next in this next year some of those improvements are right now we have siloed um, uh, it's a siloed process so one system um, gathers the payment then it tells the next system that it's gathered the payment and that next system um, gets the application and then you know it moves it moves down the line and we're we're working now on having a cloud-based um, system where everything's contained and um, and the systems are working um, on a con with a common database and and I think that's that's quite exciting and it's it's kind of putting new technology into our process so maybe we can be a little bit faster or provide a little bit better customer service to um, the applicants. And so I think those are the two big things that we're working on and hoping to improve upon um, in the next year. And um, the other part to it is the, the commission is an open, um, a, a open public organization. So all of our meetings are held in pub and um, we, we do teleconferences. Um, and anyone that's interested in finding out about the compact can participate or can uh, attend those meetings. Um, our information is out on our webpage. It's imlcc.org. Thanks. Well, absolutely. Well, great. Well, I think this has been a great discussion, and I certainly do want to thank you, Marshall, for um, for your time and being part of this um, podcast. Uh, as I said earlier, it's always wonderful to have an opportunity to talk about uh, these issues and also learn from each other um, as we move forward uh, in, in today's uh, new COVID world. So thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much for the opportunity and, and um, very much enjoyed the time and like talking about the compact. I think we're doing great work and I appreciate this opportunity to, to talk some more and get more people involved and 
understanding what we're doing. Excellent. And we also want to thank our listeners. Um, we'll be back again with another episode of Regulation Matters, a clear conversation very soon. Um, again, thank you to our frequent listeners. Um, if you're new to this podcast, uh, please subscribe to it. It's available on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or TuneIn. We've got a lot of different areas that we're available in. Uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave a rating or comments in the app. Um, those reviews help us to improve our ranking and make it easier for new listeners to find us. So it is very helpful. Finally, feel free to visit our website at www.clearhq.org for additional resources as well as a calendar of upcoming training programs and events. Finally, I'd like to say special thanks to our, um, our staff, Clear staff, specifically Stephanie Thompson. She's our content coordinator and editor for this program. Once again, I'm Lyne Dempsey, and I hope to be speaking to you again very soon.